This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall as we get ready for the stretch run for college basketball. The bubble watch is in full effect. NETs, BPI, bracketology, yes, the whole bit as uh, we get ready for this. Uh, Bruce, it's our time of the week, and this is this is the um, next week. You know, is my time. Listen. When Playboy Magazine put out that a bucket list is to go to Vegas for March Madness, well, it was over at that point. Yes, it's, it, was, it was a great run, but it is a little overcrowded, as you could expect, uh, for March Madness. Hey, the apps make it better, though. You go and deposit your money, and you, you, you sit at the app, whatever Vegas spot you're at, and you can, you, know, you can just put in your money. Now, the great thing about it is Bet Rivers and the rest of the country – you don't have to go to Vegas for March Madness. So, but anyway, I go for championship week, and I hook up with Bruce Marshall uh, for the gold sheet. I'm staying at the Kaluch Palace. That's right, the Dwayne Kaluchi Inn in Summerlin, uh, better called as the Rampart. And uh, looking forward to it, Bruce, getting to break bread with you as I head out to the desert for championship week next week. Yeah, I, you know, I start well before I moved uh, to Vegas. Um, you know, 20, 20 or so years before I started coming to Vegas for the tournament in 89, I think was the first year I came. And yeah, you're right. It has gotten uh, too crowded there, but there are some spots you can find if you want to come to Vegas. Uh, most of the plate now, now that we're beyond COVID, they're opening up the old, the ballrooms and things they used yeah. to. So it, it's, it's generally good. The, the places you don't want to be on the strip in one of those sports books where it's so crowded and they're charging you now to sit down in places like Caesars Palace right. and others. That's no fun. Uh, but they're still fun to be had there. And I have always thought, Jimmy, that uh, next week, actually, when conference tournaments are on, uh, for a real hoops aficionado, that is almost a better week because there's more games. Vegas is a little less crowded. And um, it's plenty fun as well. So we got a couple of weeks of nonstop wall-to-wall hoops action to uh, think about. Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and <clears throat> that's what I know. That Thursday... That Thursday for championship week is, I mean, way more than 16 games, brother. I mean, that thing is, it is chock-a-blocked with games. Now, we all do know uh, the conferences take the money for their, um, you know, for the conference tournament in the semifinals or finals to be on ESPN or ESPN2 and things like that. So they get paid and they take that guaranteed money as opposed to rolling the dice and maybe putting their best team, guaranteeing their best team get in there and maybe more make more for a St. Peter's run, a Loyola Chicago run, a lot more uh, if they should do that. But, hey, this just in, um, 
those uh, those heads of those turn, uh, conferences are lazy. Okay, they'll take the easy money. All right, they'll take the guaranteed money. They could budget it in, and then they'll roll in uh, for there. So the uh, the thing about that is, Bruce. But yeah, I'll be there for these smaller tournaments. There's more pressure um, because basically the whole regular season is for seeding. You know, for so many of them, there are a couple that are two bid leagues. You know, that, that there's some, but the vast majority are one bid leagues, and there's a lot of pressure. And sometimes, well, a lot of times, we see that team really uh, upset, and that knocks it down a little bit. You know, as far as the quality uh, of the field uh, for the NCAA tournament. But looking at these smaller tournaments, may you are you are well versed, as good as anybody, best I know, the best I know as far as as being, you know, knowledgeable from from one to three sixty three in Division One, but what are some situations brewing in some of these smaller conference tournaments as we just start to scratch the surface in those uh, in those tournaments? Well, Jimmy, some of these uh, are are played at at the campus sites, and and we've got a a couple going tonight. Well, one one starts in the um, uh, Patriot tonight, and that is an entire. Uh, tournament that's played on on, on campus sites, um, so so you've got uh, you've got that uh, the the horizon uh, tonight uh, is playing at campus sites and then they're going to move uh, in, to to uh, Indianapolis for the uh, at the uh, the old arena uh, for the uh, for the big tournament for the rest of the tournament once you get down to the quarterfinals. But what I found is that a lot of these trends you see from the regular season especially when these games are being played at campus sites, uh, they tend to endure. And so, I mean, we're looking at a, at a couple, you know, here tonight of some interest. Uh, and one is in, in that horizon uh, with um, IUPUI. And I never would have thought this was a go-with team before the season. They were the worst team in the country last year. Uh, they might as well be the Houston Cougars for our purposes. I mean, they're 16-4. and four, They're last 20 against the number. They get one more shot tonight at Robert Morris, the home team of the Pittsburgh Airport, so they're playing there. Uh, so, and they've been going over a lot as well. So there's one interesting one. The Patriot gets underway uh, tonight. Um, and uh, this is a league. Colgate is a very heavy favorite to win this tournament. But there's some other trends. And you see tonight, here's, here's a game, uh, Holy Cross and Lola, Maryland tonight in Baltimore uh, these teams just played a game uh, and it went way over uh, and these teams have both been going way way over in recent weeks and this total isn't all that high in the low 140s so uh, the, these games don't normally slow down in the conference tournaments especially these ones played at campus sites they tend to look a lot like they did in the regular season so there's a couple there tonight which I think uh, uh, these lower uh, you know low majors tonight offer some pretty good uh, value that might be one that Holy Cross game to go over. And uh, IUPUI, while we can still use them, they've been good fun uh, this year, and that might be another one as well. Hey, what about uh, down south in, uh, in Conference USA with Southern Miss, who won the regular season championship in his third or fourth choice some places uh, to win their conference tournament? And they're obviously a team that needs to win that conference tournament uh, to, uh, to make it to, to get a bid. I agree. I'm a little surprised to see them. I mean, they won. They were a clear first place finisher in that league this season. They were 14 and four in in league play. And uh, the, the the favorite though uh, for the tournament uh, will be Marshall, actually. So 
Um, that's kind of interesting. I mean, they're playing this tournament. Um, I'm trying to think. Didn't the Fort Worth is being, is where the the American is playing it, but there's no no venue edge here for for Marshall. Marshall, Louisiana Lafayette, and James Madison are all rated uh, better priced in this uh, in this uh, Sun Belt tournament than uh, Southern Miss. Um, so we'll see. I, I almost think a lot of the, the the betting public didn't realize some of the change in uh, the Sun Belt this year because this is the first year Southern Miss has been in the league. It's the first year Marshall's been in the league. Marshall's a little bit more of a familiar brand with uh, with uh, with D'Antoni as a coach. Um, James Madison, first year in the league as well. But I am surprised Southern Miss, which won the league regular season uh, by two games, uh, isn't the favorite in the conference tournament. Bit of a surprise, yeah. Now, uh, Southern Miss does not have the uh, NET uh, that uh, the other three teams do. So, uh, you know, looking at that, they are, uh, you know, they're, they're down because Marshall is the best NET, then James Madison, then ULL, Louisiana. At seventy-seven, ninety-one, and ninety-three, so I, I would assume. Hey, look, I mean, odds makers, they, they, they don't like to do as much work as some specialized guys. Not not somebody that's going to try and do it. Uh, you know, all the sports, but some guys who specialize in it, they're going to just go to Ken Palm. And my 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 philosophy on the whole Ken Palm. I hear people, Ken Palm's got it this, and it's four points better than the actual spread. Well, the odds makers always look at Ken Palm before they put out a freaking line. Every time. Yep. And if they're willing to put it out past that, then you might want to go just yeah, I have the contrarian view uh, on that as far as going, you know, looking at Ken, you know, the lazy form of college basketball handicapping. I I would think the even lazier form is to look at the net. Uh, because we know the way that's that's structured there, and that would be a very faulty way to look. I mean, what is more uh, uh, revealing than the actual results and the fact Southern Miss uh, won this league? Uh, apparently, you know, the, these right. inane, inane net numbers mean more to some of this. I don't know. Yeah, Ken Palm look at I, I We have our own power ratings, too. Um, at Gold Sheet, so I mean, we don't look at the net for sure, but you're right, it, it almost seems like they were looking at the net when they put the odds on this tournament. Very, very surprising, it really is. Speaking of the net, uh, Southern Miss is right in the middle of uh, all those uh, Marshall, James Madison, and ULL at 83, so for whatever that's worth. But I mean, my goodness, I mean, not like not like they're in a power league where they got a bid and they may coast a little bit uh, as we see. Might I add another one uh, to it? And we don't talk about in-game betting a whole lot here because we're trying to uh, – either on my radio show as well. Now, when we're watching the games, I will give in-game advice all the time. And I think it's fascinating, and it's it's still relatively new. Uh, There are overreactions to in-game lines. There are are value uh, to be had. And and, And the biggest thing is I get to see how this team showed up. Uh, intensity-wise, eventually. I mean, I get to see. Now, my buddy Matt Humans and some others will, you know, will scoff at the ideas of hedging. But in championship week especially, and I hit a ton of middles last year, sometimes first, do we see the team that has their bid locked up against a team playing for their tournament life, maybe their last game? Do we see them come, come in sort of disinterested, sort of flat and maybe you know they 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 fall behind 
okay, uh, that, that you can get a, a, a real good in-game line, that they're going to come back to the mean. The other thing is just the opposite. If an underdog gets out to a lead, the favorite has a chance to come back. Sometimes they don't. I, I get that, okay? But a lot of times they do. The other thing is if a favorite jumps out to a lead, this team they're playing against is playing their last game. They're going to leave it all out on the court and lends itself to they're just, they're just the effort level. You know it's there. And so that lends itself to a comeback against a team that may coast after a big lead, the, the bigger seed that is looking past those rounds. And the, and the last thing is these lines are so damn tight right now. I mean, you're seeing the games come. We saw how many games this weekend come down to the very end. They're so tight. So just a philosophical part where there are some middles. I'm going to say there's a difference between a hedge and a middle. Hedge is flat out giving some money back on a money line. But the spread to try and get some of these middles in these conference tournament games, I'm a little bit different. But still, um, I'll be doing it next week in Las Vegas. I can promise you because I'm going to be watching them all. I was with you last year at the Rampart, and you did. I, I, I mean, you, you did some there, and, and it's like in games are made for that. I mean, that's why you know that, that's that's sort of the beauty of the in game if you play that stuff. And you've got to be seriously following it, like you are, uh, to do it. But that's sort of the 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 beauty of the in game is is being able to do is being able to do that as the games go on. Um, the other thing to note about, and you mentioned the other point here about the conference tournaments, is, I mean, this is the last chance saloon for a lot of these teams. And not, most of the ones, if you're, they're losing, they're not going out just, you know, letting the games, letting the clock run out. The, generally speaking, uh, and this is, and you keep, it's sort of a team by team thing, but uh, the totals and the overs often seem to be a little bit more prevalent in these conference tournaments because the teams behind extend the games a little more because it's the last game of the season. If they lose, desperate, they're not just going to let the other team run out 30 seconds in a possession inside the last few minutes. They often turn into marches to the foul line, and that is the, that is the friend of an over better. Uh, when these things uh, start getting extended like that and teams, it turns into a free throw shooting match. Uh, so that's another thing to keep in mind too. Games often extend a little bit more in conference tournaments as the trailing yes. team desperately tries to make, uh, to stay alive here. So that oftentimes ends itself in overs. I've seen so many games where there's 20, 24, 26 points in the last minute, minute and a half. And what looks like a sure under ends up an over. Yeah, no, no doubt. Great points. I agree with the, all that. Hey, um, Villanova. Now, the one thing the the selection committee will use the NAT. Okay, one of my favorite things about the the, the sports betters and the selection committee. You ever see the live shots to the room where they're watching TVs with their laptops and they're battling sleep? Think, give me a live shot to the sports book with a guy on action. Is he sleeping? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, they're not no. battling sleep. So the guys who have things, have real money invested, and people that are just you know playing with other people's chips. But the one tool they use, I've spoken to countless numbers of selection committee members. It used to be the RPI. Now it's even tweaked a little bit in. For their benefit to the NET, they look at it. Villanova is at a 79 uh, NET. 40s is the bubble range. That's just going to 40 to 50 is kind of that range. You might get one higher than 50. That makes it in. You may get one lower, but not many. Not many. So that's that's been like that for a long period. 79, they have too much ground to make up. But will the selection committee look at Justin Moore? 
and see how this team is better. We have seen them deduct or add onto the value of the, you know, the, you know, the body of work based on the availability of a star player or not. Now, they won by double digits on Saturday against Creighton. I had them. You want to talk about line movements? There were plenty uh, this past Saturday. As that line went from plus four, four and a half, two plus one and a half, plus two, they still won. One thing to remember, though, it's watching the games and looking at the final score. Countless open looks for Creighton that they just did knock down. They did not knock down. And so they, they were shot a very poor percentage on Saturday. But Nova is a team that is pretty hot, hungry, and has a star who's been a part of successful seasons in the past as well, Justin Moore. Yeah, and, and I, I think they are more in the category of a bubble thief. And we'll talk about them a little bit here in, in, in a moment. But uh, for, an, for an injury situation like that, you're very right. Uh, they, the, the committee sometimes uh, grants a reprieve to a team that had an injury problem. But usually not for a guy who was out for two and a half months like Moore was. Um, if a player's out for a few weeks, they, there's a four or five game stretch where they lose a bunch of games. There's too much of this season where Moore didn't play. And I don't think Villanova has enough time to make up ground. Uh, by the way, the, the, the NAT, uh, the NC2A doesn't release the algorithm for that. We're not quite sure, but it's pretty obvious. They have come up with a system that is so weighted for the power conferences to get points for, uh, to not get deducted for effectively not really get hurt right. by losing games within your conference. I mean, you know, West Virginia and these teams in the big Tennessee and Tennessee Tennessee's still three. They're not the third best team in the country. No, not at all. This is the system here now. It's not punishing teams for losing within their conference for within a stronger conference. Nonetheless, the Villanova example is really interesting now though, because they are playing much better and yeah, more, more scored 25 in a game last week against uh, Xavier. They won that on the road. They beat Creighton at home. Like you said, Dixon scored 31 points in that game against uh, against Creighton. Uh, and Cam Whitmore, the freshman, he put up 17, and he's a pretty fantastic player when he when he when he's on a song like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this is a definite bubble thief right now. And the fact those other players, I thought, learned how to grow up and play a little bit together without more. Now that he's there. Um, this is interesting. I think it's it's interesting the way Villanova's going about it and the way Arkansas is going about it with Nick Smith Jr. He's coming in. He's firing away like this oh, is he, an, a, it's an <laughs> AAU game yeah. for him, you know, and uh, yes. which is a different sort of a scenario. But uh, more Villanova falls in that bubble thief category where they could they could legitimately win the Big East tournament. It wouldn't shock me at all. And they knock somebody off out of the tournament, and that's the true definition of a bubble thief if you're not going to be in you win the tournament and you you'll knock somebody out one thing the committee does say now that doesn't mean they necessarily knock a big east team out they knock somebody else out there's a couple of those teams around the country and that's one of them i'd watch next week at madison square garden um it, it was um oh gosh it uh, 19 percent uh, for creighton from three-point range uh, for the game five of 26 and a lot of clean looks, Bruce. That just that just were not falling, and and that happens uh, sometimes. And and we will see that in a tournament from some mid major. Some team may just can't find find a basket, and others that are just red hot, and all of a sudden put a scare or even upset uh, some of the bigger seeds. But here's the thing that Justin Moore. You look at the box score; it really impressed me in the game. 
So he scored 25 and at one point win on the road in Cincinnati against Xavier. That's a big one, a big one for them. Okay. Eight assists and no turnovers. Yeah. He's, I mean, you, you don't even have to watch the game to know that that's, so he's doing whatever it takes to help his team win. And that, and that tells me about guy is a winner. He's been part of a winning program, and yeah. he's going to do what it what you know from twenty five points, and he didn't score that many. What's that? But eight assists and no turnovers. That it does it. You talk about Nick Smith Jr., nine of twenty three, not good. Okay, not not a not a good shooting percentage, but he's going to shoot, and he still he did he still scored twenty four at Alabama, which is a very good defensive team as opposed to at home against Georgia, which is horrible, which you talked about last week, is such a bad team on the road. You called that one perfectly. Um, but Nick Smith, AAU, I agree. He's going he's gonna be a volume shooter and he might yep. shoot a poor percentage. But but Bruce, they're better with him because they lacked some offensive punch. And you know what? He also, he could get hot. Even in spurts, like they did when they were down 13 and cut that lead all the way down to one, it was him that knocked down a couple of threes uh, in that uh, comeback. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. And this is actually a very, very good thing, uh, impressive what, what Eric Musselman does. Because when you have to, you're playing the whole season basically without this guy. And you've got your rotation set and, and, the, and, and the rhythm and the combos are there. And you you introduce a guy into the mix in mid February, uh, who is a um, a volume shooter, high ball usage guy. I mean, he comes in all of a sudden, he's the guy. So it's some adjustment you've got to see in the rest of the team. That's not an easy thing for a coach to to do here. And it looks like Musselman has done it. I quite agree because that element that Arkansas was missing. Uh, earlier in the year, now they've got it with uh, Smith. He, he he could still shoot them out of a couple of games, but he can shoot them into some games too. This is a team with two other guys in Council and Black that are also regarded as potential first round picks, and you got a lottery pick there in Smith. So there's a lot of talent that that Must puts out on the court and on the court and. It looks like they're starting to catch some fire here now. I've been waiting all year for this Arkansas rush that we see every year. Maybe now is the time. This game tonight at Tennessee, you're getting uh, some points to work with with Arkansas. Jimmy, I dare say Arkansas is a very, very live underdog tonight. At the yeah, Tennessee. I, I I would agree. Now, Josiah um, uh, um, Jordan-James for a Tennessee return, finally after about uh, a four-game layoff for the uh, Tennessee Volunteers. Similar situation here. Now, he's no Nick Smith. We all agree with that. But this is a team that's dying for offense. I mean, just starring for some. He scored 18 points in 20 minutes, four of seven from three, which really catches my attention. Okay, anything to keep from Ziegler shooting more. Um, you know, but um, but the thing is, you know, he's, he's you know, a 10-point-a-game scorer, but they, they we'll see, we'll see. Different from South Carolina going to uh, Arkansas but if Nick Smith Jr. can figure out some balance between hey go ahead you got the green light at all times but also you're going to attract some extra attention that will allow some opportunities for your teammates so a little bit of that balance I took 50 to 1 over the weekend on Arkansas to win it all I think they're a dangerous team in a wide open tournament Uh, Arkansas Tennessee is a very intriguing matchup uh, tonight at Thompson Bowling um, Washington State and Santa Clara, a couple of teams in the West Coast that maybe we, we fall asleep on in the Central and the Eastern time zones um, because they play late at night. But those are two teams that have caught your attention. Yeah, and uh, 
Now, Santa Clara, they'll start their tournament a bit sooner in the West Coast. The conference gets underway this weekend in uh, Vegas at the Orleans. they got a lot of tournaments in Vegas. This one's at the Orleans. Um, and they, they'll wait a few days to get involved. Santa Clara is the three seed, and they, they kind of stagger the tournament. There will be two days of games before Santa Clara even plays. But um, watch what they've done. I'm down the stretch. This team's won 22 games this season. Uh, they're hot at the end. Now, they did not beat St. Uh, Mary's or Gonzaga this year. However... They came close. I mean, I was at the game up at Santa Clara. They almost beat St. Mary's right before uh, New Year's. In fact, it was New Year's Eve. Uh, they came really close. They had a lead on Gonzaga in the last minute in the game at Santa Clara. Um, so, listen, they've got uh, Carlos Stewart. You remember him from uh, Baton Rouge mm-hmm. uh, guard. He's turned into a big-time uh, scorer. Their backcourt's good. Yeah, it is. Podzemski, the transfer from Illinois, is a 20-point-per-game score. Keyshawn mm-hmm. Justice, a five-year starter at wing. They got two 6'10 guys in the middle. Uh, they could be – this is a bubble feat because Santa Clara's got a ticket to the NIT right now. Uh, but they knock off uh, St. Mar- – they'd get St. Mary's first if they get to the semifinals, and then they'd have Gonzaga. But San- Santa Clara's one of these teams. They get into the tournament. That makes the WCC a three-bid league, uh, and somebody gets knocked off the bubble. Washington State, very interesting. The Pac-12, although UCLA looks in Arizona seem like they're the uh, the teams to beat there. Washington State almost got UCLA this year at uh, at Pullman. They did get Tucson, uh, Arizona down in Tucson. Stopped a long win streak for Arizona for Arizona for the Cats at the McHale Center. Um, watch here, Washington State in recent weeks. They've got a lot of length and a lot of athletic. Athleticism. If T.J. Bamba gets hot shooting, uh, they're winning a lot of games lately. And uh, you know they just took down Oregon, which had been playing better. Um, and I think the matchups here, there's and they, they listen. They went all the way to the NIT Final Four last year. Uh, Kyle Smith is a good tournament coach. <clears throat> and next week in the Pac-12, this is another bubble thief. I would watch. Uh, I think they're actually more dangerous than Oregon right now. Oregon's probably on the wrong side of the cut line, too. That's another potential bubble feed in the Pac-12. But this one, really, I'd watch now. Washington State's a team that could make a run next week in Vegas. They'll play that one at the T-Mobile. So there's a few uh, bubble thieves lurking out in these tournaments in the West that we have to watch as well. Well, you got another one tonight uh, in the Big Ten, and, boy, it was a crazy uh, Big Ten uh, this past weekend, huh? I mean, unbelievable. Of course, I think maybe the toughest beat of the of the year. And I was on Michigan State plus five and a half. I mean, damn it, you shoot eighty percent from three in regulation, score one hundred one in regulation. Come on, man, you gotta gotta win, much less cover the five and a half. Uh, some tickets at Bet Rivers over the weekend uh, at the high point. I was plus thirteen hundred. Uh, the money line. Also, uh, Indiana in game was a uh, plus four seventy five money line as they trailed by four and a half, and then could not miss. And the big guy, it, what they did not carry them. Uh, Edie did a really good job on him, and Edie did uh, his fair share. But it was a supporting cast uh, for uh, for uh, <clears throat> the big guy for Indiana, and Indiana rolls to their best victory uh, of the season. Pretty now loses four of six. Now Iowa goes to Indiana tonight, Bruce. Yeah, and I, I, I'm kind of curious. What's this uh, new uh, this new Sonny Liston staring down act that uh, that uh, Fran McCaffrey's got going with the refs? That was kind of interesting the other day. Oh, uh, uh, but uh, you know, Izzo can't do that. Izzo's only like five foot eight, so it doesn't work for him. McCaffrey's a little bigger guy, so when his stare down, it worked a little bit more. However, 
what 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 well the deal here i mean iowa is not playing at home i mean they're not the same team away from iowa city not close i mean they've only won two of what two of nine uh, big big 10 road games this season the first time these two teams played back in early January, I mean, Indiana jumped out, Jimmy, to a 28-7 to lead. Yes, uh, yes, and, I remember it well. It's the Thursday yeah, night game, yep. Yep, Thursday night game. And Iowa came back, but still, into like three minutes left, Indiana was up six. They seemed to be sort of in control. and They couldn't make a shot. They didn't make a shot the rest of the game. And Iowa came back in them. But that's what happens with Iowa. I don't, listen, Iowa's got a lot of firepower. Uh, Chris Murray, Keegan's brother, uh, he's just picked up where his brother was as a scorer last year. But most of that damage comes at home. On the road, they're not nearly as good. You mentioned Indiana. You mentioned uh, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, the big numbers he's put up this season. He, he has really put up some big numbers. He scored 30 on Iowa the first time on the road. They get Iowa at home here tonight. What are we looking at, five and a half or six or so? Yep, five Iowa, and a half at Bet Rivers right now. Yeah. Uh, Iowa loses games by margins on the road, and I don't think that stare-down thing is going to work uh, tonight. So I will take Indiana, uh, lay the points with Mike Woodson at home. Uh, this could be a dangerous team. Uh, they got a lot of offense, and over is a possibility here as well. That always is a decent bet with Indiana. All right. Uh, very good stuff, Bruce. It's underway, man. Championship week now for the big boys. that They start next week. But uh, the smaller conferences are underway. And also, you know, for the uh, for the major conferences, man, a lot of key games uh, coming down the stretch for some North Carolina squarely on the bubble uh, as we come down. They avoid a bad loss. Uh, but Florida State almost had another massive comeback uh, last night. So a lot of fun stuff. Villanova trying to get into bubble consideration. They're on fire right now. A lot of good games are going on in all of And, yeah, Bruce? That's that's the one tonight. That might be my favorite game on the card tonight is Villanova. That's a short price at Seton Hall, and Seton Hall is struggling a bit now. So if Villanova's going to ride this thing, they're hot. Very short price, fair price tonight. That might be the best play of the night, I think. Almost coming to fists at the end of the game because Xavier would not just dribble the ball out there, firing up threes. If you had the under, oh, sorry about that one, as uh, Seton Hall hits a three right at the buzzer. But a little nasty exchange uh, at the end of the game. And then also between Sean Miller and Shaheen Holloway. Holloway did a good job separating his team, uh, pushing his team back in that altercation. Uh, But uh, he had a few words for Sean Miller uh, in the hand of, in the, um, in the handshake uh, after the game. But right now, Bet Rivers, yeah, Villanova is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Seton Hall, best advice they give to them, put on a uniform, Shaheen. They need some firepower. They cannot yes. score. They are some bricklayers on the off. They play hard. They're going to do it. They, they're athletic, but they cannot put the ball in a the basket. They're very limited offensively, and Villanova is surging. One-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Bet Rivers looks light. We'll be back next Tuesday, every Tuesday. It'll be championship week uh, next Tuesday. In the middle of it, it's already begun for the smaller conferences. For Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Gold Sheet, nobody can get as deep with these smaller conferences uh, from 1 to 363 in Division One college basketball. For Bruce, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.